Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 6 in the Morning News on 6 Survivor Pod. I'm Alan Crown. Uh, it's a little different, as you well know, with all the issues that we're dealing with, uh, the coronavirus. And um, here at News on 6, we're doing a lot of social distancing, of course. This last episode aired during the middle of spring break. Leanne off on spring break. Dave is unavailable to record the podcast as we're doing this. So, you know, I think I'm just going to try something different. So we're not recording at the station. We're recording at home. And I decided to invite some other pretty big Survivor fans to the podcast. My wife, Tracy Crone, and my son, Kate Crone. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Hello. Okay, so in terms of like uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself super Survivor fan, 1 being, yeah, not really, or 10, you know, I'm, I'm a big-time fan. What do you think? Oh, I think I'm I'm an 8 to 9. I've seen every season, but I'm not, like, obsessed with it like some people. But I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, I'm definitely up there uh, either a 7 or 8 or a 9, but I haven't seen every season either. So that kind of would probably bring it down a little bit. So that's why it's my, more of a seven or eight. <laughs> okay. So we started watching the new episode that just aired. Um, and something very big happened. One of the power players, uh, one of the power players is finally voted off. And it's Boston Rob. You know, Leanne and Dave and I have been talking for this entire time. that you got to get these big power players off. And finally... They're able to do that. So the, the scene opens. Ben is saying how he's feeling pretty good about his game. They're all very happy about it. But then it's really ironic. Adam says that the Wicked Witch is dead. But then all of a sudden, he's kind of almost second-guessing that he feels like maybe his game is not as secure now, which was, to me, just a little bit odd. Yeah, I think maybe they're a little more relaxed, but Adam seems to be constantly stressed about every situation. He never really relaxes. Um, maybe the other three are a little more relaxed, but not Adam. So we go to uh, Exile because Tyson is also better off. Tyson now is on Exile Island, which is kind of interesting because he was the one that was pulling a lot of uh, tricks to try to get Amber off. And if you recall on an episode before, Rob is asking who is the one that was really instrumental in trying to get Amber off? And everybody's saying it's Tyson. So now Tyson's on the island. Rob's on the island. Amber's on the island. So you would anticipate that there might be some friction there. But the way that this plays out, you don't see that friction. You don't see anything like that at all. The first time, time that you see Tyson on the island, he's carrying this big log. And it's like a, a tree mail message. But... Compared to what they've just done on the island uh, episode episode ago, they think, oh, great. Do we now have to take all of these logs that we just hauled down and, and haul them back up? But that's not the case. So Tyson has the tree mail, tree log, and basically it's another challenge on the island. Um, and so he reads the message, and it makes it look like that they're going to have to start to look under every single rock on the island. So they're trying to find this new uh, idol, this new advantage to the game, and, and they take off going through, uh, you know, all, all through the island. Rob, of course, trying to be the, the alpha male, is telling everybody he thinks it's going to be on top of the cliff. That The edge, there was a word about the edge in the, the message, has two different meanings. So he thinks it's going to be up to the top. But Tyson's a pretty smart player, and he comes to the conclusion that it's not at the top, it's at the bottom. Right. He figures out the clue that... Um, the thing that changes, which was part of the clue 
is the tide. And so when the tide is out, he goes and actually finds um, the advantage, the fire token, and he chooses to use it to buy peanut butter. I think that's a very, very good move. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine, you know, being on the island like that? Of course, I, to me, it's a lot different than years ago. Uh, years ago, I mean, they would be on the island with very little uh, nourishment whatsoever. They right. got just a maybe a little bit of rice, but actually, you know, the first two, the first three or four episodes of Survivor, I mean, they were malnourished. Their, yeah. their hair's falling hair's out. Hair's falling out, right. Yeah, right. So, so he Definitely. He, he gets the peanut butter. But it's also pretty interesting that he, um, after he finds uh, the advantage, he's smart enough to know that people are going to be watching him. He decides he has to use the bathroom. <laughs> So he, he fakes using the bathroom. Right. And then, Kate, always remember, if you have the, the hidden immunity idol, you want to hide that into your man panties. Okay? Tyson. <laughs> He's a pretty big character. So we go to the challenge. We go to the immunity challenge. Um, and, and at the very beginning of the immunity challenge, Jeff always announces who is the player that's, that's voted out. So he announces that... Boston Rob has been voted out. And of course, what would you expect to happen on that? Well, it was definitely one of the, one of the biggest um, probably shocks for everybody because you have these power players like Sandra and Boston Rob who have, they're known to be some of the best players of the game to ever play. And to hear that one of them has been voted out, it's probably one of the biggest shocks that they've had the entire season. So they're playing this game, this, uh, this challenge. So what did you think when you were watching the challenge? Just, as you watch these challenges unfold, what, what, what do you, what's going through your brain as you're watching this? Who do you think is going to win? How, how do you watch this as a fan? Well, some, something different about this challenge was just to notice how um, physically demanding it was after, like, I don't know how many days. What is it? 16, something like that? Yeah, 15? I, this was 15, I believe. No, it was day 16. The challenge started on day 16. So, so just to see the amount of, like, <clears throat> physical... Uh, Effort, effort they that they in. had to put in after after not um, being uh, not, like nourished, nourished or anything is is kind of insane. Food. Like you could definitely tell that they were they were running out of steam even just halfway through the challenge. So I, trying to get all of that rice. I mean, when rice gets wet, it gets very heavy. It expands. They have to get it through uh, these little, you know obstacles they're going up and down and they're they're cutting through the rice to find these balls that they're they're going to tie and i'll be honest with you uh, when i see them going to town on the rice with those knives i'm thinking somebody's going to mm-hmm. cut their finger it's oh, yeah, you I know thought that too. I thought it's that. not going exactly. not going to yeah. be a big thing so they go through the challenge it goes back and forth and basically it comes down to sophie versus nick uh so it's uh, yara and sophie wins uh, they score big Rob is gone, so their tribe is pretty good. So this challenge is going to allow two teams to go to tribal. So all of a sudden they go to break. So segment three starts still on day 16. And you know, as I said this last week, that when the challenge is before the half hour and you got a whole 30 minutes left to go in the program, you know there's a lot of gameplay that's going to be coming up. So we go back to the beach, and Parv now kind of understands basically with Soleil that she might be alone, that she's going to need some help here. So Wendell and Nick are immediately starting to plot, 
Um, and, and Nick says that he wants to play with Parv because um, when uh, Nick was in high school and watching, I mean, he was in love with Parv. So this, this entire time, He's been wanting to play with poverty, and now he has the opportunity, but now he thinks that he may have to actually vote her off here. Yeah, I think he's, he's torn between his alliance with the two guys and his um, teenage love for poverty. So that's a difficult <laughs> situation for so him. So odd. Yes, yeah, very odd. It's odd that he mentioned it to her in the last, <laughs> last episode. A little awkward. So Michelle and Parv are kind of talking this up. Uh, to trying to figure out how they're going to work this. Now, the interesting thing about this is, can you tell the dynamic between Wendell and Michelle has really changed? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, at the beginning, they weren't really even speaking. And so it's not a great dynamic, but they're speaking now. They're um, maybe strategizing a bit, but I they really don't see eye to eye on things. And uh, I think, you know, that may be some... Uh, difficult things coming up for Michelle if she continues to try to get him to work with her or to work with him. I think it might be tragic for her. So you had these uh, relationships in and out of the game. Right. So Michelle and Wendell have had this relationship apparently that didn't... Didn't end well. Didn't end well. No. Yeah. So, I mean, Survivor is a whole game about deception and trust. Right. And alliances and... Mm -hmm. Then when you have these real-life situations that come into the game, uh, especially when it's, it's something as you know, significant as a, as a relationship, I mean, that can be very problematic. So it looks like that, that might be where we're headed. By the way, I've always noticed these little transition shots, shots in between segments. Um, the, the first transition shot that we saw before this was the spider web. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So it's like right. ah, somebody's going to get caught in this, yeah. you know, and then as they start to transition uh, to Wendell and Parv talking, which really was confrontational uh, in, in a way, it wasn't, uh, you know, um, extremely um, loud or anything like that, but it was just really to the point. Mm -hmm. Right before that, it was a snake. You know, mm -hmm. so yes. uh, it's like, who's the snake that's that's coming up? Is it poverty going to be the snake or is it Wendell? And I'm, I'm starting to get the feeling that Wendell yeah. is the snake. I think you're right about that. I would agree with that. So Wendell and Parv are talking. They're talking about not trusting each other, but they're trying to work a deal. And so we finally see the very first part of this fire token strategy that starts to come up that we really haven't seen before in the game. And it's just a flat out, hey. I've got tokens. Um, I'll vote if you give me tokens. Right. Let's let's work a deal. Let's make a deal. Let's, yeah. let's work a deal. So the very first time this happens, and they can't even come to that conclusion. Right. Well, I think, you know, this is all new to Parvati. This is not the way she played the game. Um, it's it's um, a new learning curve for her, and I think she's uncomfortable with it, um, and it just didn't, you know, it didn't work out at that point. They kind of... They talked about it. They couldn't come to a decision, and they parted ways. So now we go over to the other side of the beach. This is the Red Tribe. This is uh, Nicole. They're getting ready to go to their tribal, so they're all going, doing the same thing. They're trying to figure out, you know, who are we going to vote out? Who is the most likely person to vote out? Um, and Sandra and the girls, you know, they're going to talk. And uh, all of a sudden, you see in the bushes, who do you see, Kate? Tony. 
what, what's, yeah. what, what did you think about this? Kind of strange, right? Well, he did this the last time he played, right? He he yeah. made his little spy bunker where he hid in it and uh, <laughs> just kind of watched everybody play, and everybody got freaked out because they didn't know where he was. And uh, I think it's a it's an interesting strategy because it not only separates him from the group and lets him watch, but it also puts something in their mind that tells him tells them that he's he's kind of in a way in control because he is monitoring them. He's being sneaky and and crazy all at the same time. Yes, with the spy shack, but it also kind of sends a message that. I mean, he's very, but you kind of almost have to be paranoid at this point yeah. for every yeah. single player. Because, he's anxious. Yeah, he's yeah. anxious. Because if you're not paranoid, if you're not anxious about it, more than likely you're the person that's getting ready to be voted off. If yeah. you if you feel never very... Never get too comfortable. Right, never get too comfortable. So we get down to really the brass tacks of this thing, and, and we have this conversation between Sandra and Denise. So as this conversation starts to, to come about, you, you again get this... This idea that Sandra thinks that she is just in total control, almost the exact same way that Rob thought that he was in control the episode before. And uh, yeah, Sandra thinks she, you know, she has that name, the queen, and she lives by it, I think, when, when she's playing Survivor. And maybe when she's not, I don't know. But she has the idea that, that she's a threat. She has her specific people that she thinks are threats, and Denise is not one of those people. Um, so, and Denise recognizes that, and she plays it really cool. Yeah, she and she makes a statement there um, at the very end of that um, segment that she has the potential to make a big power move in the game, one of the biggest moves that she has ever made as she has been playing Survivor. But you can't, you don't really know exactly what move that's going to be because it's a three two alliance basically it's denise and jeremy and then you have kim and sandra and tony so uh, it, it you don't know exactly who she's thinking um but i'm telling you man she made a big big move there so <laughs> so we go to tribal and let's start first with uh to me the less impactful part of this which would have been soleil at uh, in wendell uh, this is Wendell and Nick and Parvati and Michelle and Yule. Um, and so they're at, they're at Tribal. And again, the personality. Yeah, I, I, I picked Wendell to be a top player. And I think he still is a top player. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember his personality being like this. No, I don't remember him like this either. And the other shows that, that we watched. He's yes. a little more kind of cutthroat. He is. He's yeah. different than the last time he played. Yeah. So he, he lays it back out as... Um, with Parvati that, you know, he's still open to working with her to two fire tokens and she has his vote and she doesn't take the bait yeah. and too bad for Parv. <laughs> right. Because it was pretty much over at that point. They talked about um, tactics uh, and, and, you know, I also have Michelle as one of my players. So I have Wendell and Michelle and Sarah. And by the way, Sarah was not heard from basically this entire episode, yes. just barely, yes. which usually means the next episode she kind of bubbles up. Right, maybe full of Sarah. Right, we could be full of Sarah for the next episode, but it was just very, very quiet episode from Sarah. So um, Michelle, Jeff asked this question about what is the theme of Survivor this year? Or what's, what's the theme of Survivor that's being played right now? Um, and Wendell says basically, 
It's do anything that you have to do to be able to win $2 million. It's stab you in the front. It's stab you in the back. And you can see the contrast between and, and why there's problems between yes. Wendell and Michelle, because Michelle said basically just the opposite. Right. She's not willing to do that. She's She recognizes that it's a game. It's for $2 million this time, not just a million. But her heart tells her, you know, she loves these people. She's friends with these people. And she knows that um, though they're playing a game, it hurts. And it's hard to hurt people. Yeah, and she says she doesn't want to do that. But Nick... Who's a lawyer? Yes. Immediately turns around right after she says that. And Cade, Nick says, well, I'll tell you what, Michelle, if you're not ready to do this, you might want to rethink how you're playing the game because somebody is going to do that to you pretty quickly if you don't watch out. Right. Yeah. I think that's the complete truth of the game. It's, uh, you know, everybody goes into the game knowing that they're going to have to make big decisions. And whether that means taking out one of your friends or, you know, um, working with somebody, they, everybody should be ready to uh, to have to be stabbed in the back or stab somebody in the back. And I, I think, um, you know, it, it definitely shows a good heart in Michelle. But uh, I think Wendell actually has more of a uh, winner's mentality whenever it comes down to it. Have you ever been in a situation where people are arguing and it just makes you feel uncomfortable. Awkward. <laughs> a little awkward, right? Absolutely. And yeah. you don't know exactly what to do. Yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden, this argument is going on, or this tension between Michelle and Wendell and Parvati, and Yule um, is just clearly kind of backing out of this. He's not said a single thing about it. And Jeff asked him a question. You're, you're not very comfortable with this. I mean, Jeff Probst is so good at reading people. He yeah, can he see is. that. Yeah. yeah. And um, you'll say it's kind of like your parents when your parents are, are bickering and arguing. Yeah. Two people that you love and respect, and it's just uncomfortable. You don't want to be there. You know, <laughs> you want them to just work it out by themselves and you not have to see that. I think that's the way you'll felt. So they voted. Parvati's the one that's out. Were you, anybody shocked on that? No. Yeah, no, I wasn't. No. I wasn't shocked on that. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. So the next group, next tribal is Tacoma. This is the to me. This is the biggest tribal move so far uh, in the season in the show. I agree. So the same question starts with this tribe. Jeff says, "Okay, what is the theme of this survivor?" And he asks Kim, and Kim says, "Really interesting." It's threats versus non-threats. So once again, you still have this thought process by people on this tribe that you have people that are threats, and then you have people that are kind of really not threats. But they keep forgetting every single player in this season would be a threat because they've all won this game. They've all won. They've all beat all the other players. They're all millionaires. Some of them are more than just one-time winners. Right. But you have these people, these big players, because they have so much personality, they think that they're the threat and the people that are maybe not quite as uh, bubbly. Or maybe it's more like an introvert, extrovert type thing. Maybe so. That the the introverts or maybe the, the softer players mm -hmm. are no threats. And that is just a huge, huge mistake. That's a very big mistake. I mean, they 
I think you said when we were watching it, it's almost like some of these people, after they won, they never watched Survivor again. They they haven't adapted. They haven't grown. They they don't realize that that other people win and they use different strategies and they they use different tactics and they feel like you know they're super popular and and they're outgoing and they're outspoken and they're in control and they are the only ones who are threats and that's absolutely untrue and, and you know it's really ironic because survivor is really a microcosm of like just normal life for a lot right. of people right, right. And, and you 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 have this also in normal life you have some people that are very outspoken that are very um um, big personality, and, yes. and then you have the others that are not. And sometimes the people that are quiet are overlooked, and they shouldn't be. Right. And and this is yep. kind of what happens here is <laughs> is there's um, an opportunity for somebody to make a big move. So if the potential is here for just a straight vote, three on two, because before this tribe swap merge type thing, which is not a true merge, but the tribe swap. Um, you had uh, Denise and Jeremy that were on a tribe, and you had Kim and Tony and Sandra. So this could be easy three-on-two type deal. Um, Tony recognizes, at least Tony recognizes that, you know, it's not that easy anymore, yes. even at this point in the game. So it's probably not going to be that, which it, it should have been. Mm -hmm. Denise was prepared for that because she has an opportunity to do the idol. So let's go back right before... Uh, this vote in the segment before we go back to that conversation that Sandra had with Denise and, and it's this quid pro quo. I know everybody's tired of hearing that, but the quid pro quo between Sandra and Denise about giving an idol for fire tokens. I'll give you one token now, get another token later. She's got this. Uh, she actually has two immunity idols. Mm -hmm. So she pulls out one immunity idol and then to shock everybody else, of course, she plays it for herself. Then she pulls another one out and she plays it for Jeremy. So now you clearly think, well, this is going to be a vote either for Tony or for Sandra. Or at least that's what I was thinking. I really thought it would probably be Tony. Tony. I think Kate and I both thought Tony. We weren't even thinking Sandra because Denise had agreed, unlike Wendell and Parv, who couldn't come to an agreement, it seemed that Denise and Sandra had come to a pretty good agreement. And so, you know, oh, yes. you're, I, Kate and I, I think we're trusting in that. Oh yeah, they're working together. And, and I'm sure Denise is gonna, the deal she made was, I'll give you one fire token now, you give me the idol, then when we get back, I'll give you the other token, mm -hmm. and we just assume that that's going to happen. And so uh, I was not thinking Sandra. I think it was one of the best um, tribals, definitely this season, but a really good tribal. Um, I was really surprised and and uh, really pulling for the underdog Denise. I honestly thought it was the best play of the game so far because you have – so far, the arguably the biggest threat in the game, Sandra, who has won twice. Now she's going for her third win. She she is known like like Tracy said as the queen. <laughs> Tracy. Yeah, or mom. Tracy or mom. <laughs> uh, she's known as the queen, and she she I don't think she felt threatened one time this entire game. Oh no. 
and, and because she she just thought that everybody put her on such a high pedestal that she she can do anything she wants. Well, she didn't even participate in any of the challenges. No. Yeah. I mean, she would she would always set out. We had the yeah. Sandra bench, right? Yeah. So she's not even trying on, on that part because she thinks she. Well, but first I of all, think- she's she's not going to uh, she's not going to reveal her weaknesses in those challenges. Right, but I think that's part of her strategy as well getting everyone to believe that she's up on that pedestal sure. that she thinks yeah. even if she is not as confident she doesn't show it yeah. she always wants everyone to see her as the queen and that's part of the strategy of her play and that's how she won twice so years ago every single vote you would go behind the scenes you would see everybody how they're voting uh and then that was first two or three seasons Season four, five, six, and seven, you would just see occasionally somebody writing down a name or maybe see them writing down the first letter of a name. So sometimes you didn't know who they're actually voting for. Really, the only person we saw right now was Sandra going in, holding up Denise, and saying, "Um, this is just for show. Right. Because we've already talked about this. And I'm sure you're not going home. I'm sure you're not going home. (laughs) Or going to exile. Right. Yes. To the island. And she she was exactly right. She was. Yeah. She wasn't going home. She just didn't she know. She, she was going to go home. So the only other thing that we'll talk very quickly about is as she's going to Exile Ireland, she drops off her fire token to Yule. Yule. So what's yeah, the deal surprise. with that? Yeah, I was yeah. a little surprised on that as well, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't know if she has, you know, some connection with Yule, or she's just. Um, thinking maybe you'll need needs this. I don't, I don't. I really don't know. So it'll be interesting to see. And uh, what was what was talked about earlier was whenever she was one of the main people in um, deciding who was threats and who weren't. And I, I doubt she thinks that Yule is a very big threat. And she was talking about how all the threats need to stay together. So it's really interesting that she would give it to quotation mm-hmm. marks somebody who is not a threat like Yule. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. Uh, we've done 25 minutes. Now, before we started this, <laughs> you, you guys asked me how long does this have to be? And I said, well, it can be 13 minutes. It can be 20 minutes. It can be 30 minutes. And you said there's no way we can talk about Survivor for 20 minutes, right? Right. Kate yeah. and I are not usually big talkers. And uh, so, but we did it. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. I'm very proud of you. Well, thank you. Thank you both very much. Yes. And thanks for listening. Uh, next week, we anticipate that all of our friends, regular friends, will be back. But if not, uh, Tracy and Kate will be here as well. Yes. Yes. And remember, you can always watch Survivor. It's every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Central, here on Channel 6. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it.